Wednesday's market closes were mostly lower, except for the hog markets. Kent Buda with Paradigm Futures is joining us in Kent. Uh, the grains all saw a sell-off. We saw new contract lows in corn and Kansas City and Minneapolis wheat, but some of this was just some concerns uh, going into the USDA Ag Outlook Forum, right? Yeah, I think it was. And we did make new lows for the move in soybeans as well, uh, even though they weren't contract lows. But, you know, to be fair, we are all looking ahead to the release of the new balance sheets for the 24-25 season, uh, which will give us new acreage, uh, projected yields, projected demand, and and some carryouts that uh, the trade believes, uh, looking at average trade guesses, are going to result in um, significantly higher ending stocks in all three of our major commodities. And so uh, we have a speculative side of our community that is uh, uh, holding a big short position. And, uh, you know, they're just continuing to, uh, to press on that, um, you know, hoping that they get uh, a bearish reaction maybe from a another segment of the marketplace uh, in the uh, aftermath of the release of the report so that, uh, um, you know, maybe they can step in and, and uh, buy some significant weakness in order to or start to cover that massive short position they carry. So funds stepped on the accelerator in the grains and, of course, new contract lows, as I mentioned, in the corn, soybeans. We also took out some key support there, didn't we? Yeah, we were looking at uh, um, 1179 as being a, a support area that uh, we'd made that low, I think, on Monday of the previous week and, and held it through most of last week. Uh, took that out uh, uh, overnight, and then uh, we tried to bounce off of that level this morning, but ultimately we had a very weak-looking close as uh, uh, soybean oil prices ended up cratering late, uh, kind of following the energy markets, which turned lower later in the session as well. Yeah. And I don't know, South American weather overall is favorable enough. It's not providing, you know, any support at all to the soybean market right now, is it? Not really. Um, you know, we're going to move back into a little drier um, time frame for Argentina. Um, for those acres that didn't or may have missed out on the rain coverage recently, uh, you know, that could turn out to be a problem, but it's would be a localized problem, not a major problem. Um, moving north into Brazil, uh, you know, we still see uh, declining conditions in the southern part of the country and in, in Paraná and, part, and parts of Mato Grosso do Sul. But in Mato Grosso and in Bahia, um, Tocantins, um, you know, we've definitely, uh, you know, help the, uh, the drought situation there. Um, rains actually are, are starting to decline again, which is going to allow for a more rapid harvest. And we've actually seen harvest progress uh, estimates been clipping along at a pretty, uh, a pretty nice pace here as of late. Corn market, where do you think we find the next support? Do we have to go down and take out $4 at this point? Well, there's uh, there are major old highs on the continuation chart right at 420, and uh, once we once we took out the 442 area here recently, um, 420 has always been kind of the next objective, and and probably makes a little sense that we would go test that area in conjunction with the release of the uh, uh, USDA outlook numbers. Obviously, if we get below 420, then you're looking at the four dollar. Um, you know, magic uh, psychological support area. 
Yeah. What about the wheat market? Okay. I mentioned new contract lows in Kansas City and Minneapolis wheat. But in addition to technical selling, we did have some Black Sea export news that kind of weighed on the market, didn't it? Yeah, there was a, uh, a news story this morning uh, coming out of the UK. Uh, David Cameron uh, made some comments, uh, I believe, to Reuters specifically in an interview where he said that uh, the Ukraine was on pace to uh, uh, fully export uh, their exportable supply of grain upwards of uh, 50 million metric tons uh, if they continue to export at the pace they've been exporting at recently. No doubt. And we saw red in the cattle market and some lower cash trade contributed to that, but we were lower previous to that, weren't we? Yeah, we were a little bit lower and we've been on a, a you know, a correction after what's been a, you know, I think eight of the past nine weeks we've been higher uh, really since the uh, um, debacle and the uh, expiration of the DEES contract and, and the insurance contracts that uh that were a big story uh previously and we've been going up but um you know with cheaper corn prices and higher cattle prices you know it just doesn't it just makes sense that we would start to see some hedging and that seemed to kick in this way here this week and uh you know ultimately we ended up with some lower cash trade this week at uh, 180 dollars in the southern plains do you think we're due for a bigger correction in this market or not uh yeah, actually, uh, anytime that you um, you seem to exhaust your buying and you start to move lower, uh, you're going to get some profit taking from uh, the recent longs. And, you know, you would expect um, maybe a 32% correction of this sort of uh, rally. Um, so I would, you know, maybe look for something back down into the 175, 176 area is uh, a possibility. And then, um, you know, and then potentially after that, I just wouldn't be at all surprised we get into the summer if we didn't uh, didn't try to make some new highs again. No doubt. Uh, it also looked like maybe we were getting some unwinding of cattle hog spreads, cattle on the short side, hogs on the long side. However, we also had news out of a testimony from Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack in front of a House hearing about the chaos that Prop 12 is going to cause in the industry. Did that contribute at all to the rally in hogs? Uh, yeah, Secretary Vilsack essentially said that uh, um, he's looking for congressional action uh, in order to essentially equalize uh, laws across all of the states so that our industry doesn't have to try to produce hogs uh, under one rule in one state and then for a different rule in a different state. That's the chaos he's referring to. And, you know, certainly I think he's, uh, he's correct, uh, uh, you know, from the perspective of a hog producer uh, trying to be able to, um, you know, be able to produce pork for everyone in the United States instead of just part of the United States makes an awful lot of sense. Right. And there's been a lot of uncertainty in the industry as a result of that. We also have weekly exports out tomorrow. We've had a couple of really good weeks. Uh, was the market maybe anticipating that as well? Yeah, actually, we've, you know, uh, continued good, uh, good sales into Mexico. Uh, we've had a recent pickup in sales into China, which is kind of interesting because, you know, of all of this chatter that Chinese demand is somehow on the wane because of a poor economy. Um, you know, we were we were going through a, a, a secondary liquidation phase in, in Chinese hogs 
uh, due to ASF, and it's very possible that they've worked through that inventory, and now all of a sudden they have less pigs, and 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 uh, we may need to to start to uh, we may start to see some some bigger exports to China, and you know that obviously would be be very good for this industry. Thanks for joining us, Kent Beadle with Paradigm Futures. Remember, futures and options have financial substantial financial risk and are not suitable for all investors. That's markets now.